pleased to have with us. We just called him out of the blue, Derek Hunter. Uh, Derek was, um, I think I mentioned to you guys a few weeks ago, the very last new guest host that sat in for Rush Limbaugh. And Derek is also, aside from being a radio host, he is a columnist, an author. He's an extremely brilliant guy, which is surprising. <laughs> I should just say that. What's going on, Derek? Uh, you know, I was getting the warm and fuzzies, and then you take the big cold dead fish of reality and smack me across the face with it. Did yeah. I hear you earlier say that you're friends with Niall Rogers as well as uh, your drummer friend who was yeah, you were I talking talk, about I used, talk, I used to talk with Niall. I wouldn't say we're friends, but I used to talk with Niall every now and again. A lot of respect for him. And, um, you know, you know did and you ever go to Studio 54, James? Yes, I went to Studio 54. Derek. Care to talk about those good old days, James? Any adventures you want to share with the group? I thought I thought Studio 54 was boring, actually. After you all were living a more exciting there, life than watching Liza make out with Michael Jackson? I didn't see that. And I didn't see Frankie <laughs> Crocker come in with the white horse. I didn't see it. The day I went there, uh, the two times I was there was like some record company function, and everybody was just so impressed to be in Studio 54. And I'm like, is this it? You know, but it was no big deal to me. You you weren't invited, like, uh, half the music industry wasn't buried in a pile of cocaine in the corner while you were there. So, Actually, maybe if you were there for a record industry thing. No, I'm not talking about that part of it. I've never done (laughs) cocaine in my life. I've never never touched the stuff. Because you know what? I I was smart enough to figure out that if I liked cocaine, my life would be over. So I decided, uh-uh, don't even go near that stuff. That's my belief in gambling. Like, I know that I would, uh, if I lost money, I'd keep going because I knew I could win it back. And if I won money, I know I'd keep going because I know I'll win more. And that is just poison. So I just avoid the casinos like crazy. But thanks for having me. I uh, was enjoying listening to the show and shooting you a text. Your analogy about the uh, the left and how they will throw you in jail over a t- moving a turtle egg but uh, a human being is uh, not a human being until they go off to college and you can kill it at will was absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you. Were you surprised, Derek, by the, I mean, we look, first of all, I want to thank the leaker because the leaker, whatever the intent was, it backfired. What the leaker did was actually give society a chance to prepare for what came down yesterday. Now, yeah, there's some people out here protesting, wah, 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 wah. But I don't expect that these protests are going to go on through November. I think, you know, a few weeks of this protest, wah, 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 and that'll be that. What do you think? Well, the leaker did do a survey. They'll, they'll protest anything. It doesn't really matter. They were going to be out there. They just have to make sure that they pick the right sign from their story to know what the particular outrage of the moment is and be ready to change it should circumstances differ. But the leaker, you're right. We do owe a debt of gratitude to the leaker. I think they were trying to uh, maybe sow some doubt, maybe spur some legislative action or something like that. But what they did ultimately was, I think, solidify the vote. Even if there was, because it seems like Justice Roberts was desperate to try and go and uh, get about a half measure. Oh, what Mississippi can do what Mississippi did, but Roe stands. He wanted to split the baby. 
And I think knowing his history, he was going to work very hard right up until the moment that the decision was released to try and change one vote to make that happen. But the leaker said, this is the vote. And so the uh, if if I don't think necessarily true, but if there was a justice that voted in the majority who was inclined to go with Roberts, they almost couldn't because that would then be a victory for the leaker. And it would show that the court is open to the whims of public pressure, which it should never be. The left, it's amazing to me, you get the uh, Anna Navarro's of the world saying, no, uh, they're they're really tone deaf. Well, you want a Supreme Court to be tone deaf. You got Anna, I don't know, Anna Navarro, I know you uh, know everybody in the conservative world, but she's a really horrible human being who yesterday on CNN talked about how she has a special needs brother who's a burden on the family and is a step-grandmother to two children, with one with autism, one uh, something else, I forget, who is also a burden on the family. Now, she's making this case in the context of abortion. And can you imagine your, even if it's the step-grandmother sitting there on national television or as close as CNN comes to national television and saying, everybody's life would be a lot better had you not been born. It, it, the, uh, wow. Wow. The stupid is out in full force. I swear, it was the, it was the most disgusting video I've seen in a sea of disgusting videos. Wow. Well, you know, and what do you th- the protest? I mean, there was one, and I don't look. I don't like violence. I do not want violence. I don't think any of us do. There was a story in I think it was the Daily Mail about a trucker, a truck that plowed through a bunch of pro-choice protesters in Iowa. Now, Iowa. Okay, not particularly a Democrat stronghold. So you have these liberals that go out in the street, and they showed a picture of these two girls, women, standing in front of this huge monster truck, like they're at Tiananmen Square or something, and the truck just kept going. And then they're saying, and the girl, he ran over one of the girls' feet. She was howling in pain and everything else. I'm like, wait a minute. Why in the world would you decide that you're gonna that you're gonna stop traffic, knowing? that the what kind of age we are living in in America, that you're going to get to stand in front of somebody's truck and trust that they are going to respect you trying to stop them from going where they are intent on going. Or people just react and think, well, maybe they're just going to be swarmed and, and beat up by you leftists. I don't, I don't understand why people put themselves in these situations. Because they're stupid. Uh, let's, let's just be honest about it. They make Forrest Gump look like a, a Harvard professor. It is one of those things where you, these people seem to think that they'll win in a battle against a car. My favorite is when they go onto the freeway around a blind curve at night without much street lights, and then they're shocked and, oh, my goodness, somebody hit them. Yeah, people are going like 80 miles an hour trying to get home. Or you don't know what anybody in a car is doing at any time of day. They could be going to the hospital. They could just be going out for a joyride. Uh, the joyride guy will stop probably until you start bouncing on his hood, and then it'd be absolutely justified putting the pedal down and uh, letting the uh, chips fall where they may. But if somebody is rushing to help a family member in need or something, you, uh, you're going to lose that battle every single time. It's best not to fight a car. But we've now – plus, James, what I don't understand, what do they think this accomplishes? If you're just trying to get home after a, a day on the radio 
and there's some group of jackasses playing Red Rover on I-95 stopping you from getting home. Are you going to go, well, all right, tell me what your position is. I'll hear you out and then go, you know what? You've made some good points. I'm on board. No, you're going. it doesn't matter what they You could agree with them, and you're going to be disgusted by them and be angry at them to begin with. And if they start pounding on your car, even if you're on the same team, you're going to maybe be afraid and justifiably so hit the gas. I remember in Washington, D.C., during one of the BLM Antifa riots in the, the summer of love, where there are these, these these guys in their apartment, I think is an Adams Morgan, and the crowd is marching by, the mob is marching by, and they're going, yeah, 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 out their window. And then you see a guy turn, and he chucks a rock up to their apartment window and smashes it. And they, they're going, what are you doing? We're on your side. Like, it doesn't matter. A tornado doesn't pick the houses of the people that were mean to it in high school. It just destroys. And that's what these people are. Wow. Well, a final thought, uh, Derek, Clarence Thomas, I say this is the ultimate karma, that this would happen with Joe Biden as president, who, uh, who of course, led the high-tech lynching of Clarence Thomas. And, you know, Biden is now out, you know, sputtering his angry response. This is, by the way, I, we didn't even have a chance to talk about this after the cue card was exposed, telling him, now you sit down in your seat, Joe. Joe, after you talk to him, you do this. I mean, they're training this guy like he's in kindergarten. Well, he, he might be mentally. So I, my favorite part was that you and your were all in capital, in full cap. So it was just like, make sure this is what you have to do. And then it tells him to leave the ask one question. Sit there quietly, leave the event. On the other side, it probably said, if somebody says Mr. President, they're referring to you. Yeah, that is another thing. <laughs> I can only imagine, Ron, can you imagine how clenched the rear ends of White House staffers have to be every time this guy is in front of a camera? Just like, we could really fund the national debt by inserting coal up there because they will make a diamond at the end of every five-minute speech. They are so clenched and horrified that this guy will go <laughs> with his shark-like stare at the soulless eyes at the, the teleprompter. And the second he moves away from the teleprompter, like, oh, God, here he goes. He's going off on a tangent. Oh, God, please, no, no. It, 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 it's all, we could really study the effects of high blood pressure on just White House staffers <laughs> of any age because the second Joe looks away, they're going to – maybe if they're not stroking out, then maybe high blood pressure isn't as bad as they say it is. It's just – you almost feel bad for them until you realize they're horrible people trying to destroy the country, and then you laugh. <laughs> oh, Derek, we're out of time. We're out of time. Thank you, Derek Hunter. Oh, Thank Derek, you, James. where can people find your good stuff, your columns, and all the rest of that? Uh, you can uh, find me at Town Hall four days a week. It'll be there tomorrow. Something will be there tomorrow. And uh, at Derek A. Hunter. D-E-R-E-K-A Hunter uh, on Twitter. And if you just search my name, it comes up. And you can find the Derek Hunter podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold. Thank you, Derek Hunter.